Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. Coming up in just a few minutes, so many people doing part-time gigs for various enterprises, like you think Uber or Lyft or whatever, but a lot of times the people doing this kind of work are really getting a raw deal. I'm going to tell you about one company that's in a spotlight right now in today's Clark Rage. And coming up later, important for your wallet, the vehicle market has turned. There's massive oversupply of so many different kinds of vehicles, including for the first time I can remember in a decade, a big oversupply of a lot of SUVs and crossovers. I'll fill you in on what you need to know to get the best deal. So I want to talk about something that with the changes in the tax law, and I've been covering the changes and things you need to know about and look for with the new tax law for a while, there's one thing that stayed the same and has had the same issue year after year. Part of the tax code is an ultra-family-friendly um, provision that many taxpayers aren't aware of and don't claim. It's called the Earned Income Tax Credit that allows middle-income taxpayers, and I'll tell you what middle income is considered to be, who have children to receive a tax credit that can even zoom past what you owe in tax. And so the IRS sends you a check if you ask for it. But again, varying large numbers of people don't know this exists and don't qualify for it. What is referred to in tax prep is unclaimed money. You don't want to leave unclaimed money on the table. So if you're a parent of a child or a married couple with a child or two, you very well may qualify for the earned income credit and your income for a couple needs to be below 52 grand a year. There's an exact dollar figure. I'm not going to give that. But the idea is that this is for moderate income earners with the worry that we as Americans are now having a smaller number of children than it takes to replace the population. We are below what's known as our negative ZPG, which is zero population growth. We're now negative ZPG. And so the earned income tax credit is to help families afford having children. And, and there's a special, and you may wonder, the government giving money away like this. It's our money they're giving away, right? 
and it's making a social policy decision that there's a benefit to society to people having children. So I want to try to explain this from the perspective that maybe libertarians who object strongly to this idea will make sense. So we're an aging population in the United States. And as we age, as a country, average demographic age, it means that there's fewer and fewer workers to fund retirement for those who are in retirement, for retirees, Social Security, Medicare. And so if we can uh, have a younger mix to our population, it makes it more possible to pay for the retirement benefits that older Americans would like to have. And so from an economic standpoint, encouraging families to have children and giving them actual dollars back in their pocket each tax season is, in a weird sort of way, positive from ultimately a cost standpoint for providing funding for retiree benefits that so many Americans have been promised And the funny thing is that younger Americans think that there's no chance they're ever going to see a Social Security check or that Medicare will exist or anything like that. Older Americans depend on it completely. It's the younger Americans who have no faith in it that are the ones that fund the benefits that older Americans depend on. So I hope I explained that in an economic way and not political. It's so funny on Clark Stinks when people take anything I say about Uh, taxes or whatever and twist it into a pretzel of a political perspective. Can I say that word three times? Political perspective? No, I can't. So uh, anyway, long way around saying the earned income tax credit is there for a reason. It is beneficial to society and to individual families. You got to know it's there. Most tax software should pick it up. But if you are someone who is earning 51000 or less, you may well qualify. If it doesn't pop up on your return before you submit it, you need to check and see if, in fact, you are eligible. Tara is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Tara. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Tara. So you got a young kid who you want to teach banking to. I do. My daughter, Sadie, is 11. And she has a little bit of money saved up. She started her own neighborhood dog walking business. And um, she's just kind of tired of carrying it around. Like if we go to Target, she's got two or $300 in her pocket. And um, we were trying to figure out what to do with that for her. What would be the best option for her? So usually most institutions, and there may be exceptions, but as a general rule, the floor on opening a checking account is age 13. But I do have an alternative I can suggest, and it's something that uh, is a cooperative effort of Walmart and American Express, and it's called Bluebird. And Bluebird acts like a checking account and a savings account and a spending account all in one. And uh, you can make deposits to your Bluebird account at a Walmart or... She can give you the money, and with your phone, you can deposit money into her account. There are any of a number of ways where she would hand you cash. You'd write a a check and do an electronic deposit into Bluebird. And the best thing about Bluebird is that 
in most circumstances, it has no fees attached to it. You have to do a couple of things outside the box to end up with any fees. That sounds perfect. So with Bluebird, I'm looking now, let's see if you can do all that at Bluebird. Yeah, okay, so right on their homepage, Bluebird.com, it says benefits of banking without all the fees. So it's pretty simple and easy as a way for your 11-year-old to be able to have a portable way of paying for things and not having to carry cash, which always puts her in a certain amount of risk and threat. Okay, this looks great. I'm on their website also. It looks um, it looks something like something we'll look into tonight and get her set up. Well, that's neat. And, you know, it's funny about Bluebird is I've never mentioned it that I can recall specifically for a child because I always think of it for adults who are tired of banks ripping them off with fee after fee after fee after fee. And mm-hmm. But it's actually, I think, a perfect answer for your 11-year-old. And I hope she stays industrious with her uh, dog walking business. Hugh is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Hugh. Hey, Clark, how are you? Great, thank you, Hugh. So you're going on a cruise in Hawaii. That's right, sir. I was uh, fortunate enough and um, uh, quite surprised. My my, my in-laws are taking us uh, on a cruise to the the island. So So, uh, this is the most ironic thing that you're calling about this, Hugh, because my oldest brother is on a cruise in Hawaii and literally today and today's stop is on Oahu and I think they're they're gonna wander around he's been to Oahu in the past but they're gonna wander around and go to Diamond Head and stuff like that today very nice yeah well I know I've you know heard you talk about cruises and and Hawaii a lot and know you seem to like both of them so um but yeah so we're going in May and uh, my in-laws brought the list of all the excursions that uh, are sponsored through the cruise line. And, you know, I was looking at them and, you know, I thought they looked interesting, but also uh, pretty pricey. Yeah, I don't, buy, I don't buy shore excursions what? from a cruise line ever, ever, not ever. Ever, ever. Yeah, I mean, I, I, was, I was trying to think, you know, never having been on a cruise to anywhere else, I had to imagine once we got off, if we did just a little bit of research, which probably have a good luck uh good luck just uh finding you know other opportunities on our own is that is that what you typically recommend well i don't recommend that you wait till you're there there are a number of outfits that sell uh shore excursions third party okay okay separate from the cruise line usually you'll save depending on where which ports and things you'll save about a third of the cost to half the cost Okay. buying a shore excursion from the cruise line the only thing i recommend is that you make sure you're not cutting it too close on getting back to the ship because if the shore excursion that you buy third party they get back too late the ship sails okay. without you they don't wait for you on the other hand when it's one sold by the cruise line they wait for those customers to get back now i want okay. to direct you first to the website cruisecritic.com. Okay. And when I just put in shore excursions while we were talking, I don't know if you heard me typing away right then, and when I typed in the search box shore excursions, the second article that comes up is Hawaii's best shore excursions. 
Mm, yeah, I imagine it's probably a uh, there's lots to lots to do and find when you when you look at it. And so you'll see uh, who the third parties are at whatever port you're going to. If you search online, there uh, in the Caribbean there are certain uh, companies that do a lot of the bookings of third party shore excursions, like in the Caribbean. I think it's resorts for a day or resort for a day, something like that is a big seller of third-party excursions you bypass the cruise lines with. And there are these various operators in, that specialize in different parts of the world. And it's actually a resort okay. for a day for people going on Caribbean cruises. But so you'd say probably just you know, a couple of weeks out from the trip, go ahead and have all your excursions lined up? Or? No, I would say uh, you can read about the excursions, see what's involved with them, and there are going to be maybe some spots you decide, you know, we're not even going to do an excursion. We're just going to pile everybody in, you know, in an Uber or Lyft or cabs or whatever and just go, go to these places that we've read about. We don't need to wait for an operator. And in other cases, you're going to want the operator based on what you're okay. doing. Okay. So that's why cool. the best thing to do is in advance research the excursions, figure out what people might really enjoy to do doing and uh, then figure out who you're going to book with and then make that call how far in advance you want to book. I have, I'm unusually careless with this because uh, our son is obsessed with cruises and he's about to go on his 14th. And I'm not really into cruises, but for him it's like the most exciting thing he can do. And so we go. And a lot of times, I know this is terrible, I don't even look at the excursions until I'm on the ship and on my phone I'll buy it an excursion while we're still in port getting ready to leave the original okay. port to go somewhere. So I'm way too cavalier about it um, and waiting till the last minute unless somebody's a really experienced cruiser, not a good idea. And that's why I do the research in advance. So many of us rely on more and more services where we have someone who's a non-employee, a contractor, providing services to us based on us buying that service on an app. The two best known, of course, Uber and Lyft. But it's happening in so many phases of our life. And a lot of times, the people who go to work for one of those apps get absolutely rooked. It's today's Clark Rageous Moment. Spams, rip-offs, outrages. It's a Clark Regis moment. If you've ever used Instacart or heard of it, we have used it at our house. And man, when you hear this from an investigation by the New York Post, you may need to really think about who you use and how those workers are treated. So Instacart is facing a full-out revolt from people who work for it, remember they're non-employees, because Instacart has been paying puny kinds of money. New York Post cites somebody who, for a 70-minute grocery run, was paid 80 cents. As a result of uh, the publicity about people just completely getting taken advantage of, Instacart now says, well, we'll pay a minimum of $3 per delivery. Now, try to imagine somebody's got to go buy the groceries or whatever, load them up, use their own vehicle, drive them to you, and they're going to get three bucks for that. It is absolutely abusive. But even worse, 
when you tip, Instacart then reduces what they pay allegedly, taking the tip that you gave into account. This is ridiculous. And there's a lot of business models involved right now with the gig economy. A lot of these enterprises are losing investors' money selling their services below cost. In other cases, they're taking advantage of the workers themselves. One thing I've learned from this Instacart story is that we should give tips in cash when somebody provides a service to us instead of doing it through the app. And that way we know the money will actually go to the worker and not have the company take advantage of that worker. You know, a lot of the things we do, like when we get an Uber or Lyft, the stockholders are losing enormous money on every ride you and I take. At some point, they'll decide they need to actually make money, and the cost of these services will go up. It's a great thing right now for the stockholders to decide voluntarily they want to lose money. But when the workers are taken advantage of, that's not okay. That is absolutely clark Rageous. And make sure you're not being taken advantage of by someone at any of these gig jobs. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. Our main web address, Clark.com. Wanted to tell you about a money-saving opportunity for you. In fact, I guess it qualifies for this. It's another Clark Howard money-saving moment. So there's new data from the auto industry trade publications. If you ever want to know what's going on with trends in the auto industry and don't want to read or subscribe to the boring publications, just follow the Detroit Free Press or Detroit News that both do such a great job covering the automobile industry. But there is a uh, train wreck happening for auto manufacturers. And that's why auto manufacturers are reporting a decline in profits, um, GM closing plants permanently. You see other plants reduce shifts potentially. The reason is the uh, inventory overhang in the automobile industry has been climbing and climbing. And now there are roughly 4 million plus vehicles sitting unsold on dealer lots. I saw the other day in an area of a shopping mall, you know, shopping malls, a lot of them with the, with the anchor stores closing and stuff, they've got all that vacant space. And I saw inventory for an auto dealer, just hundreds of vehicles parked in the lot in front of, I couldn't tell if it was a closed Sears or what it was, but a closed store at a mall and that's because the dealers are running out of places to park these vehicles they got a they got a lot of pressure from the automakers to take inventory regardless of what's going on in sales and so an automaker has auto dealer has to be pretty strong to tell the automaker no i'm not going to take that many vehicles I'm not going to floor them. Flooring is the interest a dealer has to pay every day for every unsold vehicle. And so we're getting to a point where the sale of vehicles is, has declined in the United States. And um, 
there are reports from the trades again that sales are going down faster than people expected. And the research group Cox Automotive says that one of the reasons for this is that automakers were covering things up in 2018 with pushing a lot of vehicles into fleet sales to rental fleets and big corporate fleets and all the rest. And that's a rabbit they can't pull out of their hat again. So what does all this mean to you? Steeper discounts are coming from two sides. From the manufacturers, usually with uh, factory-to-dealer incentives that are generally hidden from the public, and then dealers themselves paying the floor fee every day for inventory that's unsold are going to be more willing to make deals on their inventory. Now, one of the things that you're going to see as part of this is that dealers are now for the first time since last decade also having to offer deals on crossover vehicles that are, they look like SUVs, but they're made on car platforms, which accounts for almost all vehicles we call SUVs. And then the truck-based SUVs as well, there are going to be deals on them because it takes a while for an automaker to pivot to a point where they say, we're going to temporarily suspend this production line, or we're going to reduce this shift, you know, we're going to uh, close the third shift or shut down the third shift and only run on two shifts or go from two to one or whatever. And auto workers, I got to tell you this, and people who work for suppliers, know that there's a greater chance in 2019 that you may see layoffs. On top of it, there's the additional problem with the uh, tariffs that or pinching the auto market. So you take all those things together, and it means that you should be careful spending tax refunds. You should be careful with big purchases because you need to be prepared for the possibility of a layoff in 2019. That's the bad side of this coin. The good side of this coin is that if you are an informed shopper and you use the tools and techniques I recommend to buy a vehicle, on Clark.com, you're going to find very attractive pricing uh, pretty much across vehicle fleets. Brooke is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Brooke. Hey, Clark. Brooke, you got a question for me about juggling what you've saved versus what you owe. Yes. Let me see if I have any good answers. Okay. So I just recently switched jobs and was thinking about combining my 401k, but realized that when I, if I were to cash out the 401k that I have now, I could take a huge chunk out of my debt. And my goal is to be debt free by the time I get married in October. And I'm wondering if that's a good idea or if I need to just not touch the 401k. All right. So first things first, congratulations on your upcoming festivities. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Second, it is a really risky thing to wipe out that 401k money because it's a negative twofer. You don't have that money anymore put aside for retirement, and the average taxpayer will end up with tax and penalties somewhere around 40% of the money you prematurely withdraw from a 401k. So for every $1,000 
that you would draw to pay credit card debt, you will have a tax and penalty bill likely around $40 for, uh, I said $400, I'm sorry. Did I say 1000 or 100 I forget my math. Whichever. It is 1000 Yeah, so it would be 400 bucks disappears, so you net only 600 towards okay. paying down debt, and you then don't have that 1000 anymore saved for retirement. Okay. I guess I should have stayed at Holiday Inn Express last night. I must not have gotten enough <laughs> sleep, right? You ever seen those ads? Yes. Yeah. So... Um, Tell me how much credit, is it credit card debt or what makes up your debts? I have two credit cards and one car loan. All right, so car loan pay is agreed. There's no reason for you to rush to pay off a car loan because they pay out in a set number of months. Okay. How long do you have left on that? Oh, 14 months. Yeah, so you're going to be fine. You'll be almost completely paid for by the time of your wedding, and not too long after that, you'll own the vehicle free and clear. As long as you keep driving it, you're going to be great. Credit card debt. Tell me what you got there. So I've got like $13,000 in credit card debt. And do you know what interest rates the debt carries? So about half of that is at 18.49 and half is at 24.99. Okay, those are ugly numbers. And I can see the temptation to take money from your 401k because, I mean, that's really having your money wheeze on you. Your money has asthma right now because your blended average is over 20%. Do you know what your credit score is? I think right now it's like at a 730, 735. All right. Rather than you doing anything radical like using your retirement money, I would rather you look at getting the interest rates down significantly. And one thing you can potentially do with this 13000 is to go put your money out for bid on Lending Club and Prosper. Are you familiar with either of those platforms? No. They're commonly used for people who are sick and tired of their credit card debt and want to be in a disciplined payoff for it at potentially, uh, based on your credit score, potentially a much lower interest rate. Okay. So it's where fellow um, citizens, instead of going to a bank, fellow citizens invest in Prosper and Lending Club and lend their money with the risk in- involved to people who owe money. And potentially you could be looking at cutting your interest rate by maybe even half. Oh, wow. And I'd much rather you do that and be on a disciplined path to pay it off, like you have to pay off the car loan in a set number of months, that you have the same thing for this $13,000 in credit card debt. Okay. And so this is funny because with Lending Club, the rates range from 7% to 36%, all based on credit score. With your credit score, you should find a very decent interest rate, but check and see what's available for you on both platforms. Again, Lending Club and Prosper, and take that 401k money and keep it safe. If you want, move it into your new employer plan. Juan is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Juan. Juan, are you there? Hi. Yes, I got you. Good afternoon, Clark. Good afternoon to you. How can I serve you, Juan? So, I have a question. I have my mom who's turning 50 in a couple of months, and 
I want to get her started for a retirement. She doesn't have much savings, and she makes a relatively low income. But she's planning on saving about fifteen hundred to two grand a year. And so the question is, should I get her started with obviously one of the low cost investment firms, um, but a traditional IRA or a Roth? Hundred percent Roth. Yes. Yeah, hundred percent. And okay. um, you said she she makes a modest amount of money. Give no. me a. Oh yeah, well, that's relative, right? But it's about like under twenty five k a year. Okay, yeah, that's a modest amount of money. I want to tell you something that may help her. There's an obscure thing called the Savers Credit that if she saves money in a retirement account, the federal government will contribute a portion of that money as a credit to her, and they will contribute up to $1,000 towards her Roth IRA each year, and it's for a single individual making under $32,000 a year and a married couple up to 64000 a year. Wow. So she would uh, qualify, uh, sounds like almost certainly, for the saver's credit. And so it doesn't matter if you end up putting the money up for your mom, if that's what you're thinking of doing, she'll still be eligible if she claims it, because you got to claim for the saver's credit, she'll be able to get that money back from the feds. Okay. And how would I go about helping her do that? It's not through one of those regular... Yeah, she can do a, a Roth IRA at any of the places, any of my favorite children, right? which are Vanguard, Schwab, and Fidelity. Uh, she can do any of those three. And then the Savers Credit, if you just do a Google search for Savers Credit, you'll see a number of people have posted articles on how the Savers Credit works and how you qualify. And so the credit based on income in a sliding scale is worth from uh, 10% of what you deposit to 50% of what you deposit. And I think she's uh, would qualify for potentially the 50%. So for every dollar she puts up, the feds would credit her $1 back. Even if she didn't owe any tax, they will still send her a check. Got it. So for her at 50, um, she's allowed to do up to 7000 a year in a Roth. And I know that's not an amount that's going to be possible, but you put in what you can afford to. And with uh, Schwab, I think you need a $100 minimum. Fidelity's no minimum. Vanguard's a $1,000 minimum to open the Roth. And then with any of them, you can add to it in whatever amount you want pay period by pay period or month by month. And then with those children, would it be, since she only has about 10 to 15 years, would you suggest a target retirement fund? Or let's say, for example, since you already said Fidelity, one of their free kind of global index funds and kind of split that. uh, Yeah, so she could do the um, zero funds with Fidelity, but it's not the greatest diversification. I would rather pay, It's I mean, with... Schwab and Vanguard, you're paying still almost nothing for those um, target retirement funds. It's the same with Fidelity. 
I would rather her go into one of those. And Fidelity, if you do a target retirement fund with Fidelity, make sure it's the index target retirement fund, not the regular target retirement fund, because the fees are extremely low on the index version and are, in my opinion, way too high on the regular target retirement fund with Fidelity. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mary is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Mary. Hi, Clark. How's it going today? Oh, pretty good. Um, I've got a question for you about deposit insurance uh, with my credit union. Uh, we've been asked to vote to convert from federal uh, insurance to uh, private. And I've read the literature on it. I've done a little bit of research on it. I don't understand the rationale behind it. And I don't know if it's a good idea. So I thought I'd ask Clark. All right. So my opinion is I hate it. Oh. And this was something that came up a lot uh, maybe five, six, seven years ago. And I think yours is the first call I've had about a credit union looking to dump uh, the equivalent of FDIC, which is called NCUA, Mm -hmm. dumping the full federal protection on deposits and savings. Um, I, I just don't get it. The whole reason they would do it, and I assume in the explanation, is that they pay huge fees over time to be part of the NCUA insurance system. But it's expensive for a purpose and a reason. That's so that you can always know your money is safe and secure, up to $250,000, which we found out last decade turned into something very important. Mm-hmm. So I, I would rather a credit union pay a lower deposit rate on savings, and if they have to, a little bit higher on loans as an interest rate, because credit unions are a co-op, they're not trying to make money, they're just trying to break even, and keep the federal insurance than to convert to something that would be vastly inferior that does not have the backing of your fellow taxpayers. That's kind of what I thought, Clark. I always considered, you know, that you you pay for a risk, but you get more return. I don't know. It just seemed like a bad idea to me, and I'm glad you agree with me. (laughs) Well, because in a bank or credit union, the money you have in there is not invested money. It is Mm -hmm. money that is parked. It is savings. It's money that you use uh, to pay your bills, and that money needs to be safe and secure. Great. I'm glad you said that. Now I know how I'm going to vote. Okay, and uh, I'm sure the people at your credit union, you mentioned my name, 
They're going to be throwing darts at a dartboard, but that's okay. I hope the other members are listening to the show and that they all decide to vote this way, too. (laughs) Well, I'm sure that the um, board of directors of the credit union serving their fellow members think they're doing a good thing, saving them money, but I think this is a really, really bad choice, and credit unions should not dump federal insurance coverage. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.